Hello and welcome to Let's Enter the Arena. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I talk with a member of the Magic the Gathering community, where we focus on Magic Arena. This week, my guest is... Jose Manzano. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you for being on the show. Have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, to be honest, no, this is actually my first time. Okay, I won't make it too difficult. Don't worry. <laughs> so, um, is there anything um, at all you'd like to promote? Like any sort of Twitch or YouTube or Twitter or anything? Um, not really, other than I guess just, you know, if you guys can find me around, I go to uh, usual uh, LGS stores around San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. I sometimes pop here and there. If you guys spot me or anything, I'm, I'll gladly play a few games of Magic with you guys. So far, I mainly play Legacy and, mm. and Modern. I'm trying to get into Standard and also Commander again. So if you guys ever see me, you know, don't be afraid to talk. Okay, cool. Which are the ones like uh, that you would recommend? Any shout-outs you want to give to the local LGSs? Um, well, so far my favorite right now is uh, TC Rockets. So, you know, I've gotten some pretty, pretty good uh, cards there. Um, another one would be Game Zone, uh, mm. Game Empire, and I think that would be it so far that I've been to. I haven't been to, to quite a lot. Mm-hmm. There used to be more of them around in the San Diego area, but some of them have started to close down, unfortunately. Yeah, I believe it's also because the market to actually sustain a store with that's revolving around card games is kind of difficult. So unless you combine it with some other kind of uh, you know memorabilia or any other kind of uh, products to mm-hmm. help you you know with that, then it's kind of like difficult and. That's that's kind of a tough market to get into if you're going to get into magic. Mm-hmm. I've tried, and I think so far I was doing good, and then I kind of like stopped because I, I didn't, I really didn't have enough space to have all the cards available. Oh wow! Okay. Well, on this uh, show, we talk a lot about magic, focused on Magic Arena and such. But what would you say? Uh, how long have you played magic in general? Any any form of magic? Um, I've played Magic, uh, I I believe since 2012 I got into it, so, you know, I'm around when Chandra was the big, you know, hitter that everybody wanted to do mono red or, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a mono blue. Um, but that's when I started playing Magic, as soon as I started liking it, I got into learning the old sets, Mm -hmm. and so far my favorite set of all time is Time Shift. Oh, Ever since then, I've just been playing on and getting into the newer sets. So it's been pretty consistent since 2012 until now? Yep. That's cool. I hear that a lot of people start at a certain point and then stop for a while and then come back. And that actually happened with me because I played in the 90s from about 1995 to 1999. Uh, I still have my old cards and a lot of them are in bad shape because, you know, we didn't have sleeves and all of that and we didn't know. Um, but uh, I gave it up for a while until about 2017. I got back into things with Hour of Devastation, and I've been back uh, to Magic since then. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it usually is tough. Like also, like some people I've seen that when they play Magic, sometimes their job gets in the way, or you know, some personal matters come come here and there. But I believe if you can find a certain way of kind of at least playing at least once a week or a few mm-hmm. times or a few times a, a day 
will kind of help you keep up on track and mm -hmm. maybe even think of new ideas and explore different uh, formats. Yeah, and then also having a, a play group, you know, people to play with. Um, I think that'll help keep uh, keep people uh, investing their time and effort in in the game. Definitely. Yeah, but that's that's a, ma a major part of uh, that takes in the magic community. Without um, anybody that can actually help you and either improve or just you know mm -hmm. join you in a good old fashioned game of magic, it kind it kind of is hard to find some people. And yeah. that's it's kind of like if if you would compare it uh, by chance to d d Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah, it's kind of the same thing. So at least playing it once a week, or you know at least once in a while, will help you continue to play it and continue to learn more about it. Continue to stay hooked. Yeah, big time. Well, I see like two shifts in that. Uh, staying hooked and playing when you don't have a group magic arena it looks like this is the latest and the greatest way now to play magic even though there's been an online version of magic before that included legacy and standard and modern cards but now it's magic arena which is all about standard so how long have you been playing magic arena well recently um i've heard i've heard about it and i really didn't get into it immediately i kind of uh kind of watched from the sidelines and see seeing how it is how it looks after seeing some you know gameplays here and there and then seeing that there was a tournament coming up mm -hmm. i decided maybe i'll i'll try it out and so far i've uh, been playing maybe for like a week and a half and oh, wow. all i can say is i've already maxed out the level cap and <sighs> so far i've actually been having a lot of fun with it well, that's really good. Um, there's a lot of new players coming in because of Arena, because it's you can pick it up whenever you want. You just need a computer, and you'll find people to play with 24 hours a day, and then there's the daily rewards. You It keeps you coming back to get that gold, to get your boosters, to get your wild cards, to get your cards, to build your decks. So it's like a big old snowball effect. Uh, have you been kind of like logging in very often to get those rewards and things? I log in maybe like around every two days or so. Um, I usually complete the daily daily challenges, maybe play a few extra uh, games just to, you know, have around, maybe see what improvements I can make with my decks. Um, but other than that, it's, it's, it's a good, like, relief if, you know, you don't, if you can't communicate with your uh, magic community. Mm-hmm. So the very first version, the f earliest beta tests for Arena came out in late 2017. And in like January 2018, they sent out emails saying, if you'd like to get access to Arena, send us an email. So I did right away, like in early January 2018. And it took between uh, January to April. April, I got the email saying, here's your access code, you know, come on in. So I've been playing Arena since April 2018, which is which is a year now. And um, it's uh, been pretty addicting. It's like you can play whenever you want. You can play, if you've got the wild cards, you can make a deck, you know, from any single card. Of course, you need the wild cards. And I have not spent any real money on it yet. And I don't plan on it. I just, you know, keep playing and earning that gold and you can get pretty far with it yeah that that's and it's not like the bad idea to sometimes put in some money in it sure. but you know if you have a good consistency of 
doing the dailies, doing some challenges, maybe even getting some of those 15 wins a week, mm-hmm. you can actually get some pretty good stuff. And that's pretty much how I've, I've been playing. I've just been doing some challenges, um, having fun with random players. Of mm-hmm. course, sometimes my deck doesn't go the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know, from those learning experiences, you kind of find out like a little staple of you know what cards need to go in certain decks and Mm. it's fun it it is addicting i do say i do say (laughs) that it is addicting have you tried any of the drafting events uh i haven't actually done drafting events on arena yet i was going to for this new set the war of the spark Mm -hmm. however i decided not to get into it yet yeah, you know, it's 5,000 gold to get into that, and those 5,000 could be spent on packs and such. But, you know, drafting that way is is another different way to play because everyone's kind of on a le- level playing field. Everyone's opening up the cards at that moment. You make a deck at that moment compared to Constructed, where everyone might you might be playing against people that have spent all their gold or real money just to get the perfect cards, and that's when it's harder to play against because... If they've if they're able to craft that deck perfectly, uh, people are at a disadvantage. So drafting is something to do, but yeah, it's a little it's a little pricey in gold, but at least it's virtual currency. Yeah, that's that's a good thing. It also kind of helps you um, make come up with uh, certain decks that you know. Let's say you go to a local game store and they don't have the cards, or and you know. What you can do is in Arena, you can like make a makeshift deck, see mm-hmm. how it works, try it out on some you know real people that play um, online, mm-hmm. and pretty much if it works well for you or if you like it, you can actually go to the local game store, buy the cards, or even if you feel lucky, open some packs, mm-hmm. and there you go. You just made a deck ready to play with. Yeah, and and again, because it's virtual currency, you test it out there, and then you can then bring it to the real world if you if you find that it works well. Yeah, that's, that's so far how I've been going. I've been gay. Uh, I believe I've been in the mindset of trying to make a Grixis neck, uh, Grixis uh, deck again. Okay, cool. Um, would you consider yourself somewhere in beginner, intermediate, advanced level, somewhere in the middle on any kind of magic formats? Uh, I would probably consider myself intermediate. I don't really go that competitive anymore as I used to when I first started. Mm-hmm. I kind of just play casual, kind of just play for fun. So sometimes my decks don't run as a competitive uh, format, as I would say. Mm-hmm. It mainly has some variety. Mm-hmm. I think I consider myself also around intermediate uh, on Arena. I'm not really... Uh, interested in playing like the meta decks I don't, I'm not quite interested in running like the best decks to really climb the ranks um, the only one I, I kind of play on a regular basis if I want to climb the ranks is the mono blue deck that's that's been popular uh, I'm not like a mono blue player but I found this one interesting to play so that's the one I play if I want to climb the ranks but then when I just kind of want to play for fun I've got some weird fun things like a black and red pirate deck or a mono red goblin deck or you know a black white vampires deck though those aren't really competitive but they're fun to play and when they win it's pretty fun yeah that, that is true there's there's a lot of fun decks in there that you can actually come up with yeah, so far my favorite deck that I've been playing with recently is my Gruel deck, mm-hmm. where I just come in, have a good, nice mana ramp, and just you know just 
destroy with big powerful creatures that <laughs> will do damage no matter what what are some of those creatures in that gruel deck yep uh so far um my favorite card so far even though it's very cheap and so mm. far it's been helping me a lot in this is um there's actually two cards they're very cheap uh to cast and they're not that powerful but for me i've been able to do enough damage and one of them is the green um elvish rejuvenator it mm. allows me to get some extra lands out on the field mm. and the other one would be raptor uh, hatchling once it gets destroyed, I get to get a bigger creature. Mm -hmm. There's been an instance that I've seen on Arena that uh, sometimes it's rare because it's so weak, you know, it's a 1-1. One, one. But I've seen an instance where there has been damage done to it, but it doesn't kill it. And then you keep it and you also bring the 3-3 three, three out. You know, it's been really rare, but it must be like if they put Indestructible on it. So, you know, someone damaged it, but it still lived. And I thought that's really funny because you almost always get the 3-3 three, because three the 1-1 one, one is so weak. But if that ever happens, it's it's kind of cool to see. Yeah. And I've also seen it in where um, a person has done a, uh, a red creature. I forgot its name. But what it does is that every time a dinosaur comes into the battlefield, it does one damage to each creature on the field. Mm -hmm. And with that, you can just give that that little raptor hatchling indestructible and it'll just start chaining <laughs> off and you'll just have an army of tokens. That is a forerunner of the empire. There we go. I forgot his name. I know it was forerunner something, but I don't want to say the full name. <laughs> yeah. Back before the big uh, opening to the public in, in early 2018, uh, you could a little easier pull off the nearly infinite uh, forerunner of the Empire plus uh, Polyraptor combo. Do you know that one? Oh yes, I remember the. I remember that combo. Yeah. I've seen it in in gameplay at a, a tournament. A sta it was, I believe, a standard tournament, and mm. I just saw this person with so many tokens. Yes. So much. So much. Oh man, I couldn't believe it. It almost felt like um, a a old fashioned. Uh, M M MTG 2015 video game where <laughs> you have 100 tokens. Mm -hmm. I never got that high, but I did manage a couple of times to get it to work where, you know, you get your forerunner out, then you get to all that mana for the raptor, you summon the raptor, and then uh, the forerunner starts pinging and then pinging the copies and the copies and the copies. And if you go all three times with, you know, the forerunner has three toughness, so it can take three damage. But if you do it, all those three times you get like 15 or 20 raptors and each is a five five and it's just like game over yeah and and uh, put it together with um i believe the card is a stampede and where all your creatures get three three and tremble <laughs> and you just have a unstoppable army that either your opponent can block or just has to take it yeah yeah, I haven't been able to pull that combo off in a while just because I think people are way more competitive because I used to remember to be able to do that in early 2018. But now, you know, a year later with many more people playing and many more trying to get like really high ranks, uh, that sort of like meme deck doesn't quite seem like it's as viable as it used to be. Yeah, it's it's so far have as I've been saying is uh, it's giving me giving a lot of players a lot of options to get rid of certain creatures or even then like have make have a little way around certain abilities which i i would say it's very good 
because back in the day, um, you know, I remember when Infect was a mm-hmm. overpowered mechanic mm-hmm. and everybody had it. Yeah. But you know, nowadays, nowadays, you know, uh, what's it called? Infect is kind of uh, frowned upon because it's it's kind of a cheap way to win. Yeah, yeah, especially in Commander, you only need ten, you know, points encounters and you're done. So I I do see why that might be more controversial nowadays. Yeah, and put it together with the ability for proliferate, and oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah, it just it just chains up pretty quickly. Hmm. One of my favorite cards is Legion Warboss. This is a goblin soldier. It's a 2-2. Uh, and uh, during at the beginning of your combat, he creates a 1-1 goblin creature with haste, which must attack. So he like summons he summons his own little goblin to attack for you. So that's fun. And then when it attacks, oh. it can mentor. So it's a 2-2, and it'll make those 1-1s also a 2-2. And so I've had it on Arena where this character really builds up and it's got a nice little army uh three casting cost and i really like the art of it too like usually goblins are kind of like funny and weird and a little like not like cowardly or whatever but just kind of like you know like snivelly or whatever this one is like he's got his little crown and his sword and his cape and he looks like really dashing like he's really gonna lead his army yep uh, I've seen that card being played in so many Boros decks and so many mono reds. <laughs> it's it's a very good little staple to at least get a little army going. And if you can even boost it up or even uh, tra- chain its uh, triggered ability over and over again, then you can just continue to make things bigger. And mm-hmm. it's it's an incredible little mechanic they did there. The cool thing is that it's not legendary, so you can get you know two or three of the four playset, and they're all making these these uh, these hasty goblins, and then you're totally getting overrun. Yep. So far, like many people, what I've seen is that you know, yeah, there's some very strong creatures or even better strong abilities that people want to have. Like I'm pretty sure everybody wants to have indestructibility and hexproof. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes. Those little guys that you think might, you know, can be easy to block or easy to kill, mm-hmm. usually have very good mechanics. And for one good example is that goblin. Mm-hmm. He's he's a very low cost. He's very weak. However, you know, once he starts hitting, it starts starts filling the board, and yeah. your opponent either has to come up with something to get rid of it or just take the damage. Yeah. So when uh, I I just I just feel like saying this. Um, just because I believe one of my favorite combos of all time mm-hmm. that I've I've loved and so far I have it within my uh, milling deck mm-hmm. is my favorite um, combo is always to have my two favorite cards are Consuming Operation and Rexiel the the Risen Deep. Hmm. Can you walk me through it a little bit? What what's great about it? So as we all know. Um, the uh, consuming operation, uh, its ability is read as its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in all gra- in your opponent's graveyards. Mm-hmm. So, as you can see, it will get pretty big. Mm-hmm. However, its other ability is that if you would cast a spell, just any spell, your opponent has to mill the top cards of their library until they hit a land. Mm-hmm. Once they hit that land, all those cards go to the graveyard. <laughs> so as you keep casting spells, it will keep getting bigger. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, then if you combine it with Rexiel, the Risen Deep, he's a really, he's a six cost. Uh, he's a five eight, so he's, he's pretty tough. However, he has Swamp Walk and Island Walk. Mm. And as we all know, many people love to use islands and you'd love to use swamps. <laughs> yes. So it's a kind of like a standard kind of two colors. And so because he has those abilities, most of the time he won't be able to be blocked. Mm-hmm. His other abilities is that once he does combat damage to a player, you may cast an instant or sorcery card from that player's graveyard without paying its mana cost. And if it would go to the graveyard, it gets exiled instead. Hmm. So, putting them together, you get to get a free attack. You would be able to cast a, a, a spell right for free. Um, you would have Consuming Operations Effect activate. As soon as his resolves, then your spell that you cast will resolve. And then after that, you know, you can even cast spells from your hand and continue the chain. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm so amazed with this chain. I love it till death. It's it's so fun because I was playing a free for all uh, with three of my uh, three of my friends, and I had consuming operation out. He was a measly maybe ten ten, <laughs> so I was like, okay, he 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 might get destroyed with an easy murder or maybe a hero's downfall. However, my friends didn't have that, so I decided, hmm, I wonder if I can pull it off. Mm. So what I did was I summoned the Rexel. The Rex Seal the Risen Deep. He went through. Consumer Vibrations trigger effect activated. They mailed cards and I was just like, okay, it's going through. One of my one of my friends milled, I believe, in total from that one uh, spell cast. Mm. I believe he milled twenty-five cards. <laughs> so it can get it can be get pretty big. And after that I just added more salt to the wound and I <laughs> And I cast Mind Mind Grind, which what that does is you play one blue, one black, and then you have X. And what that X stands for is that each uh, when you cast a spell, each opponent mills the top X cards, and uh, top uh, X or they mill la- um, cards from the top of the library until they mill X the number of lands. Mm. So if you have if you can pay X, maybe let's say six. They would have to mill until they hit six lands. Mm-hmm. And after that, once they hit that six land, all of those cards go to the graveyard. Hmm. So then the uh, aberration gets bigger and bigger. Yep. So far, I believe my record of having Rexio big, I believe he was a 112, 112. <laughs> and this was in real life, of course, because uh, you, you can't uh, play that on Arena just yet. Not yet. But once it does come, I am going to... Open so many packs to have them in. However, Consuming Operation is available in um, Guilds of Ravnica. It's it's known as a uh, Demir card. Oh, okay. Now, how did you keep track of it being 120, 120 on paper or dice? Did you have a whole bunch of dice on top of it? Uh, eventually, I had to use a um, te- uh, D10 percentile. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it, it gets pretty big. And so far, those are my two favorite cards that are I will he- I will have close to my heart. And without those cards, I wouldn't have been able to get, you know, continue to play Magic. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty nice. Uh, you need to have a playmat or a poster of them, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking I'm going to probably get. 
probably get a, a play mat, have a custom play mat with consuming and rec seal next to each other. Giving each other high fives. Maybe. Well, it could be because um, I believe consuming operation is kind of crawling up and mm. Rexy always has his hand up <laughs> holding a boat. So maybe I can yes. make it a, a little, yeah. uh, make it look like if they're giving each other high fives. Yeah, a little, a little Photoshop. It'll work. Have there been any cool, funny, weird moments on Arena that come to mind recently? Um, I believe maybe the funniest moment I've, I've had recently was uh, I went, I started this match with someone and as soon as we started and I immediately, I believe in turn three is when I, I was, I had, I believe it was six mana already. Turn mm -hmm. three, I had mm -hmm. six mana. I had I just been getting mana like crazy. And as soon as I, I it would turn turn three, I sent out, um, Oh, uh, what what is his name? I'm trying to think of. Uh, I can't think of his. Uh, he's a, a trample hexproof uh, dinosaur. That's a seven six. That's uh, hexproof dinosaur. Oh, that's a carnage tyrant. There we go. I knew it had carnage in it, but uh, yeah. I was trying to think of the other word. But carnage tyrant, if you can get him out by turn three, yeah. it's where uh, usually opponents quit. Yeah, and luckily I was able to get him out by turn three. As soon as he came out, my opponent just uh, just he conceded because yeah. he knew that he wasn't going to be able to do anything with it. Yeah, exactly. He's he's uncounterable. Number one, he's seven six. He's going to take a lot of damage. He's got trample, so it's going to get through. So yeah, it's very hard to get rid of it, especially at turn three if you really ramp into him. Yeah. That's why you know you gotta have them staple Elvish Rejuvenators and also um, Land of War Elves. You can't go wrong with those in a cruel deck. Mm -hmm. I had a cool moment recently. Last week, um, I was invited by Wizards of the Coast to do a um, early access streamer event. So I got to get a sponsored account and um, get access to all of the War of the Spark cards and 200,000 gems. And I was able to play nonstop for 24 hours, the latest cards before anyone. Um, so what was cool was I actually uh, had a game against Saffron Olive. Do you know Saffron Olive? Yeah, 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 Saffron. Yeah, Saffron from uh, MTG Goldfish. So I was yeah. uh, I started up a match, and then on the top left corner it said Saffron Olive because we all had on our names whatever underscore VIP. So I was you know uh -huh. VM Campos underscore VIP, and then I saw it up there and it said Saffron Olive underscore VIP. I'm like, whoa, is this the Saffron Olive? And um, I have to check from I have to check his streams if I showed up in his stream. Uh, but anyway, he was playing some interesting kind of deck, and I was playing a mono white. Uh, Cats plus Oketra plus Gideon, and I ended up winning, so that was cool. Oh, nice! <laughs> yeah, so, so far, I've seen that the best cards that um are coming out of this new set is the uh, the God Eternals, of course. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants um, Nicole Bolas, mm -hmm. Ugin. Um, but one thing I see that this mechanic is coming out is a mass. A, a mass is a mm -hmm. pretty strong mechanic once you get it out there. Yeah. Yeah, I had, um, I was 
doing also all the decks that I was doing for that streamer event. I was trying them out as like a mono color. So I did a mono color and they had a theme. So I had the I had the God Eternal uh, on each of those mono color decks. And so I had for the black one, I had Bond 2. And uh, the other card that I had was, I think it was called like Summon the Dread Horde, something like that. It was an enchantment that it automatically amassed one every turn that you started your turn in your upkeep. And uh, it would do one damage to you. But eventually, when you had an, an, an amassed army that was at, at least 6-6, six, six, it would also give it lifelink. So all of that life that you were putting into amassing this creature eventually would pay you back with lifelink. So definitely amass is something that I've been enjoying in, in War of the Spark. Yeah, that is one card that I'm really in, in search of. I'm trying to see if I can find a, either a playset out of it or even... If I am lucky, draw it out of some packs because that, I believe that's going to be one of my main cards that I'm going to have to have mm-hmm. in my Grixis deck so mm-hmm. I can bring out Nicole Bolas. <laughs> yes. I just found it. It's a Dread Horde Invasion. It's only two mana. It is a rare card, but um, yeah, totally efficient two mana. And there, here comes the Dread Horde. And so far, it's it's we can tell that it might go up in price because right now it's going for the market at three fifty, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think a mass is the winner of this of this set. Even though there's thirty six planeswalkers, it might be these these armies that you put together because so many all the colors I believe have some way to amass. They do. Uh, mainly, what I've seen is I think it's it's mainly. Um, I've seen it's mainly black, red, and blue. You know, trying to yeah, Bolas's stay with colors. the theme that Nicole Bolas is the one that's bringing this army. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So far, I've been I've been liking this new ability. I'm start. I'm slowly getting into perfecting the deck. Maybe if I ever get lucky, mm-hmm. I'll be able to bring it into some standard tournaments and maybe, you know, get lucky and get mm-hmm. that combo off. Yeah, but. You know, until then, I'm going to keep, I got to keep practicing and keep perfecting it. Yeah, yeah, definitely practicing on Arena where you definitely can meet up with a lot of great players, I think is a great way to practice then for the real world. Oh, yes. And so, so far, even I got my friend into it. Um, he's been playing uh, Magic a little bit longer than I have, but he's been, uh, he downloaded the game recently and he so far has been lo- loving the game. The only thing he kind of doesn't really like is playing with other people, apparently. But <laughs> so far, so far, me, you know, me and him play sometimes. Yeah. And you know, we 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 kind of go dinosaur versus dinosaur and see who <laughs> who's uh, is more dominant. Yeah. <laughs> then you gotta have that one. I think it's called established dominance. That is a card there um, that might fit well in a dinosaur deck. Oh yeah, yeah that. That so far I haven't been looking acquiring that card yet. Mm-hmm. If you consider yourself more of an intermediate player, uh, what is uh, something that you wish you knew early on when you first started playing Magic? I would say one of my first things I would have wanted to know was actually first off would be knowing all these different formats. Mainly mm-hmm. because when I started, I didn't start as a you know, as a normal standard player or a modern player i started as a legacy player in where you know i just have access to all these cards make a deck out of them and then mm. you know take in no tournaments 
However, after finding out about all these uh, formats and how each one has somewhat of different rules or somewhat different restrictions, it's it, it helps you think a little bit more um, in depth mm -hmm. than in, in Legacy. Mm -hmm. So I would say if if I if I was speaking to my 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 younger self before mm -hmm. um, starting to play Magic, I would say you know try to stick to the newest cards or you know try to like learn all these other formats so then you can try all of them out and have some fun. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd have, I, w I would have told my younger self to uh, put those cards in sleeves because we didn't have sleeves back in the day and now my cards are all wrecked. Oh, that, that is a very good point too. <laughs> you know, I remember back in the day, um, I the first person that taught me how to play Magic was actually a pro uh, tournament player. And um, he was actually very good. He uh, he made it a career out of himself, and he always won some rare cards, won some good money. Um, however, one day he decided, you know, he had to focus in in uh, his school, so he gave me one of his old decks. And in this deck, he had Liliana Vess, mm. the original one, <laughs> and yeah. also Jace, the Mind Sculptor. Oh wow. Those are some really valuable ones. Uh, so far, uh, um, unfortunately, because I've been moving as I was uh, going through high school, I accidentally lost that deck, and oh. now I'm one Jace the Mind Sculptor down. <laughs> <laughs> However, I was I was able to recuperate my Leonovis. So that's a good... Yeah. Um, there was a card that, uh, when, okay, so I, I had all my cards from the nineties and I put them away. And as I moved from different places, I, I still had them somewhere. And then when I got back into magic in 2017, I pulled them all out and they were all there. And I had noticed one card and it suddenly brought back some memories. There was a card called spirit shackle and it was two black mana. It is an enchantment. It was an aura. And it's whenever enchanted creature becomes tapped, put a minus zero, minus two counter on it. So it's funny because nowadays they're all minus one. It says put two, minus one, minus ones. But back then it would say minus two. So that card was crumpled up. And I remembered having a fight with my brother because I used to play with my brother Magic that he hated me using that card so much that one day he just went berserk and crumbled that card up in front of my face. And I still had it with me, packed up in my cards, Spirit Shackle all crumpled up. Oh, now, man, that card would be... Well, if that card was able to be brought back into, you know, maybe it got a reprint for Standard <laughs> or even a reprint for Modern, I would see that that card would have a lot of value <laughs> in, play, in place today. Mm -hmm. Looking at the price here, the original would have been worth a cool 27 cents. Ooh, nice. Almost a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you can think of a way, you've been playing Magic for a little while, so if you can think of a way, is there anything that could be improved about Magic? The game, the rules, the community, the company, any thoughts on that? Mm, so far, I mean, I know that there's sometimes, there's times where you might want to look for a specific set or, you know, specific cards. Maybe one thing I would say maybe could improve in the community within Magic would probably be a way to access some of these um, cards that are kind of like uh, either p 
people are used to just giving them out away, not knowing how valuable they are or, mm. you know, a way into where they can uh, sponsor these, these, um, these cards. Cause I know there's TC, TCG player. I know there's card kingdom. Mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of uh, online stores that you can sell your cards. However, sometimes finding these cards, either they can be difficult to find or right when you, you find it, it might tell, it might tell you, Oh, this card has been, you know, sold out because the website hasn't updated uh, in time. So I would say maybe mm-hmm. have a better way to connect uh, with other uh, players. I would say maybe um, if you can, also what we can do uh, um, to improve, maybe maybe bring more people into playing Magic would be if all those cards that people don't want to have around their house or around the closets and boxes, mm-hmm. we can you can make you know preset beginner decks and maybe even start your own community within your mm-hmm. um, neighborhood and so and i can tell you for sure that if that does happen a lot of people might get interested i think that's a really good idea i was just looking the other day at you know all of these commons that i have here that that you get because you just accumulate so many and i thought let me put together a battle box of uh, the Ravnica guilds. So I went through all my commons and uh, I was able to get, you know, play sets of four of so many of these cards. And I was able to put together, you know, a fun, uh, simple popper Demir deck and Orzhov deck and Gruul deck and out of all of the guilds. So I'm going to use that as a way also to introduce new players to maybe play at uh, get togethers and such because that the established players have not as much use for some of the more basic uh, common and uncommon cards and might as well put them to good use to introduce more people. Yeah, and, and so far, um, you could even, if you want, I would say you could even, like I know, for example, uh, Wizards of the Coast made uh, commander anthologies where you have certain preset decks and, you know, you can buy that with your friends and then, you know, just have a random commander um, game with each other mm-hmm. and i would say you can do that with the with these uh car, with these decks that you can build with common cards and you can just do that you know you can get some experienced players even and or some new players and just have a little mini tournament or a little mini battle and just say you know instead of using some really good combos and some really good cards here's just a random commons uh deck and mm-hmm. let's see how it goes yeah that's the great thing about it that there's just so many ways to play so that makes sense. Yeah, and that's that's what I see that maybe many people like they're they're focused too much in competitive play. They're mm-hmm. thinking too much and um trying to get the best cards, trying to get the, you know, make you know save the rarest cards and make a living out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, of course there's also that hobby, but I feel like, you know, if you if you have time or, you know, just to show a new person how to play or even just come up maybe even come up with a new format and maybe propose it to wizards of the coast you Mm -hmm. never know they might accept it yeah i think that's how commander started it was never an official standard people started to play it and then wizards saw well people seem to like this so let's put out our own commander product and it went really well so now every year they put out a new set yeah and that's and then knowing how commander usually takes a good while a good you know maybe for a few hours if it all goes really well and you guys are having fun 
they even I've heard that they finally uh, made it a little bit shorter, and now they have what I believe it's called Brawl. Yeah. It wears the same kind of rules, but instead of 100 cards, it's 60 cards. Yeah, and it also, also focuses on standard instead of the whole you know modern and legacy pool. So it's interesting because it's like Commander Junior, and um, I think that would be a perfect format to eventually put into Arena, you know, fingers crossed, because the programming seems to be there. We just need the multiplayer aspect and such. Yeah, and maybe even then you can, hopefully they can bring in some, you know, not, not just only new formats, but even new ways of playing. Maybe they can do some two-headed giant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can do maybe some, um, how you say, arch enemy if they want to, and then they can invite some friends out, some, some friends into these kinds of formats or these kinds of matches and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of have a good amount of variety. Yeah. Do you think if it's possible, can you narrow it down to one thing that you love about magic? I would say one thing that I really love about magic is the lore. No. Oh. For me, the for me, I love learning about a lore within a fantasy world. And magic, it's it's something of, of the lore that kind of always wants you to learn more. Wants you to discover some more of what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So far, everybody, you know, as as we continue through the sets and um, we went through Ixalan, we went through our devastation, how Nicole Bolas became a god pharaoh. Mm-hmm. You know, we all knew that Nicole Bolas was, you know, an evil elder dragon. Mm-hmm. However, we didn't, Some maybe some of us did, some of us didn't expect Nicole Bolas to have this ultimate goal, mm-hmm. have this many agents, so I say to do his bidding mm-hmm. and you know actually acquire certain things mm-hmm. so that, that like that kind of lore really intrigued me and now that we're at this final conclusion of his ultimate plan it's it was it was a big hype for me oh cool i had uh started to read some of the lore when i got back into magic uh, so i got back into it after hour of devastation and i started to read some of the lore in hour and i thought well let me back up to the previous set amonkhet to see how it kind of started so i got i kind of got hooked on reading the lore that was you know on the wizard's website so i read between i read the amonkhet lore and then hour of devastation then Exelon, and then rivals and I thought it was really enjoyable. Uh, I kind of felt then I started to kind of lose a little bit of time. So I didn't keep, I, I got like halfway through the Dominaria lore and I didn't really get into the M19 and forward. So I kind of then fell off track a little bit. But what I did read, I, I thought was written very well, very interesting, uh, looking at the characters. And uh, now there's a brand new novel out all about this final battle. And, uh, you know, it just keeps adding to the lore to this 25 year old game that just has so much to offer. Well, one question I do have is, what well, what do you think will happen after you know this this war? Well, that's uh, hard to determine because okay, they've been hyping up to this point about look at so many planeswalkers and look at this big interplanar battle for the multiverse and such, and maybe they'll do kind of like an opposite thing where. Uh, it'll be kind of diminished for a little while, uh, like a rebuilding sorts of sets, maybe not very overpowered, maybe like more direct gameplay, because War of the Spark, from the, so a lot of the cards that I've seen and played with, they're pretty complex. So maybe they'll kind of, uh, you know, simplify things a little bit to, 
uh, lull things a little bit and then ramp it up again to another hype event at some point. But like character-wise and story-wise, I'm not sure where, where else they would go. There's just so many threads that they could go to. Yeah, that's it's a very big kind of a theory, a, a, a bunch of theories that I'm so far um, thinking of, of what could happen, you know, what, what, what will happen after this war? What's going to be the next step that Wizards is going to take into? Mm-hmm. Now that we finally came to this ultimate conclusion, what will be the next story? Who will be the next, you know, player or next, you know, uh, what's it called? Planeswalker that has mm-hmm. the next evil plan. Maybe uh, I've been hearing a little bit of rumblings here and there that they're going to return to like the Lorwyn block. Um, which was like more focused. I never played during that block, but it was something about like more like fairies and fantasy and stuff like that. Maybe what they're going to do is they're going to not have like a big villain as a centerpiece for a little bit and just have like, let's go to a plane and let's live in that plane and it's not quite interconnected with everything. Maybe they're going to give it a rest to have the whole gate watch for a little while and maybe go to a plane and just stay on that for a set or two and see how that goes. That would be a very interesting kind of set, you know. It's kind of it would be a little, uh, little I would say break from trying to figure out who's the evil villain, who's mm-hmm. you know what's the master plan in the set. Yes. It'll be kind of a a set that we, you know you're just visiting. Yeah. So we'll see where they take us. It's hard to believe, but there are other things besides magic. So would you be able to pick? Uh, any non-magic hobby that you're into? Uh, I would say I have a lot of m- m- hobbies. I wouldn't say I would stick to one specifically other than magic. Mm-hmm. But so far, I'm also I'm into uh, sometimes drawing on the side, reading some books, mm-hmm. and also just you know maybe play uh, list, uh, watching some movies. Mm-hmm. So far. You know, I believe everybody either has watched Endgame or hasn't. So that's that's something I cannot spoil <laughs> yes. in case for anybody that hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for drawing, I draw here and there. Sometimes I have some fantasy ideas and I just make up some heroes or something. It's just a little thing to have fun with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pretty much for reading... I used to read a lot when I was young, but then I just stopped because I believe I, I found it boring. <laughs> so recently I've been finding a passion for it again. And as of right now, I am reading a book called The No More Heroes. <laughs> it is a very interesting uh, fantasy book. And it's about two twin brothers that are actually half demigods that they don't know of it yet. <laughs> and they have to settle this war between the gods and the mortals Mm. and it's up to them to either help the gods restore balance or kill the gods and take their power Hmm. how long ago did that book come out um funny thing is i think it actually came out a year and a half ago Uh, i I recently bought it last year at anime expo Mm -hmm. and i actually was able to get uh no, of all four um, authors of the book, I got their signatures on the inside. So it's oh, an no. authentic signed uh, book. And it's the first book of a trilogy. 
Oh, that's really cool. So you have that uh, special memento and the story itself, too. Yes, and it's a very interesting book. I would probably suggest, you know, if you guys like reading, maybe you guys can maybe find me here in San Diego, <laughs> you know, ask me for it, and I can show you where to buy it or even maybe then borrow mm. it. Sure. Very nice. Well, I've got also maybe too many hobbies. Like it seems like when someone is into one thing, they're into lots of things. So I've been doing 17 episodes of this podcast so far. And, um, you know, I always try to answer the question as well as the guest. And so um, sometimes I repeat myself, but I've got, you know, lots of hobbies as well. Uh, one that I haven't set said yet i guess is i'm into mixology so i like mixing up fun uh grown-up drinks i am over 21 so it's okay that i can do that and i uh you know just like to put together some fun drinks when i meet up with some friends and uh they're always asking what's the next thing that you've put together and so that's one of my hobbies completely non-magic related uh so that's just something that i like as well hmm I, I do I do I do uh have noticed that um uh one of one of the game well not games but I believe it's an unstable card in magic that actually has a drinking ability. You might be thinking about Ashnod's coupon. Uh that one is something like um well we can look it up here. Coupon. That's probably the only that's only probably the only coupon in the whole of Magic. Yep, there's only one coupon card in all of Magic. It's called Ashnod's Coupon. It's an artifact. Uh, casting cost zero. Tap. Sacrifice it. Target player gets you target drink. You pay any costs for the drink. Yep, and that card is gonna be a fun card just to have around <laughs> and play a good old-fashioned side game of Unstable. Yes. Uh, the funny thing is that it's apparent, according to this, it's $6.86. So I know someone that's got it in their deck, and I don't think they're t taking very good care of it. And I'm like, wow, this is a $7 card. Hmm. Well, maybe like it is some, it is a, probably a surprising uh, price to for a card because some people still think that unstable is just a, you know, it's just a, you know, a fun. A funny version of magic and you know if you actually look into it it's 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 a total different format it's like if you were playing two-headed giant or uh march enemy or even commander it's just another format that mm -hmm. that it hasn't gotten that much attention mm -hmm. other than you know people trying to get the full art lands mm -hmm. but i would say you know it's it's very it's a very fun format the the flavor texts are funny the 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 cards are fun to play with and it's just a whole different way of playing magic yeah and me my my friend made a deck with it we we let him play with when while we play with our normal standard decks or modern decks mm -hmm. and it's just a whole different game combining those two formats yeah yeah, I managed to crack a full art foil swamp so I think I'm ready to retire Oh yeah, I know. I know that. I, I, I apparently I I didn't know this, but um, one day I bought uh, maybe like a little few packs from an unstable box, and apparently, um, when I was looking around TC Rockets, I I heard on the side, I kind of I believe eavesdropped, and I heard, <laughs> yeah, if you want a full uh, foil full art land from the unstable, it would be fifty dollars, and I was like, <laughs> wait, what? It should it's fifty dollars. 
So, you know, I looked it up and it happens to be true. A, f- a full art foil, um, any land card is worth $50. And yeah. somehow I have one in my milling deck and I am happy with it. <laughs> yes. That's really cool when it comes out and then, you know, it helps you get your milling across and then it looks nice and shiny and full art and everything. And then like the bling aspect is the icing on the cake. Yep. So far, I'm just waiting until Unstable becomes a, bit, uh, a playable, maybe even have tournaments about it. Oh, yeah. Because I believe it's, it, it, it's a good format that should get some recognition and be made into a little uh, side tournament for it. Mm-hmm. Well, this won't be too important to our listeners, but Jose, I've got a five-deck uh, battle box that I put together of Unstable. We should play it in the club or at some point. It's monocolored out of the latest Unstable cards, and um, you know that's something we got to do soon. I would gladly love to play Unstable mm-hmm. because I have a box that I have a bunch of Unstable cards for, and I'm not using them because... So far, the only other person that plays with me rarely plays Magic. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's kind of difficult to find some people. Yes. Especially since everybody's so fixated on Standard, Modern, or Commander. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, Unstable is like the unsung format that, that needs a little bit more love. Yes, it does. And so far, so far, we all know and love Urza from, you know, back in his <laughs> early days. And since he's he has made an appearance in this Unstable, I'm pretty sure people have, mm-hmm. you know, just wanting to have him. Mm-hmm. Funniest thing is that um, in one of the, in that time when I bought some Unstable packs, uh, my friend told me that he ordered online uh, Urza. Um, the Planeswalker from Unstable online for seven dollars, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So I just, you know, was opening the Unstable packs for the fun of it, seeing what kind of funny cards there were. And luckily for me, in two packs, I was able to draw. I was able to uh, draft two copies of that Urza's <laughs> Planeswalker. Oh, that's fun! So I, me as a good friend, I decided, you know what? Here, you can have an extra copy. I'll just have mine on the side. (laughs) That's really cool. My friend and I, we were opening up a couple. Uh, She was the one that ended up opening up the Urza, and I I never opened it up. Now, I got the full art swamp, uh, and she got a couple of... Uh, I opened up the full art foil swamp uh, and and she didn't but she got the Urza one and she did get like one or two uh, regular full arts so yeah that that unstable uh, is just like a load of fun even the tokens the tokens are amazing you know how they're all like uh, those are also foil and then full art tokens those are really nice as well yeah they're they're very like funny looking and they're kind of like it, it doesn't only like to just make you like, okay, it's a token. It kind of makes you feel like it's a token that, you know, you're going to have fun with. You know, mm-hmm. there's the, there's those gnome tokens. There's, there's just those Brainiac, mo- the brain, Brainiac yeah. tokens. There's just all these fun tokens that you just didn't know. And the cool thing about them is they're, they're also full art in the back. Mm-hmm. So other than just being a normal token in the front... Um, most either most of them or some of them will, will be full foil and in the back they have a non-foil full art in the back about them so that's a plus plus mm-hmm. you know it, it's unstable it's, it's i just wish it had a little bit more recognition 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. Well, as we wind down, any final thoughts on anything magic related? Um, I would say just, you know, if, if you're trying to maybe uh, play, find some more people about playing magic, you know, maybe that you're kind of far from your lo- uh, nearest local game store. Um, maybe you can, if you have some extra cards laying around, you know, I know I do I have a few thousand cards. Mm-hmm. Um, you can either give them away to people or you could even, as you can, as you can probably start in your own neighborhood, start a little mini community of uh, magic players that, you know, will be interested and you can help them out by, you know, donating your cards to them, making some good playable decks with them. And, you know, for sure, you'll be able to have be able to play and continue to strive in magic. And even then, if you can't do that, then, you know, of course, there's Magic Arena. It's free mm-hmm. to play. And the only thing that you just have to really focus on is, you know, grind and mm-hmm. make many different kind of ideas that you can flourish and maybe in real life Mm -hmm. i think those are some good points especially about building the community because more people playing magic i think is more good yes it is it it gives a good uh different aspect of you know regular card games you know it's not only of course there's always you know for you to win but then there's also the opportunity of you making new friends and thinking of different strategies that you never thought a card game could bring yeah the social aspect of of these games they're not just a solitary thing they're for two to more players yep that's true that's totally true well in the end here is there anything uh once again maybe that uh you'd like to promote uh any any place maybe that they can reach you um, yeah, you can probably reach me on, I would say, maybe uh, Instagram. I'm known as a weird name. Um, <laughs> my re- name on Instagram is Mr. Underscore Green Underscore or Underscore Whatever um, <laughs> Underscore Eyes. I would have to change that soon. <laughs> um, you can also reach me on Facebook. You can just type in Jose Manzano. My picture would probably be of me in a blue shirt. (laughs) And, um, you know, if anything, maybe you can probably join us on our Discord. Mm -hmm. My name on Discord is Zalos3. Zalos spelled with X-A-L-O-S. And then, you know, big three next to it, you know. Mm -hmm. And you can just contact me ask maybe you can even ask Convictor and he'll allow uh, he'll allow he'll let me know and Mm -hmm. we'll keep in contact. Sure thing. I'll put any links you'd like in the show notes so people can easily find you if you'd like. Yep. They'll be all down in the description. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you can find me online on Twitter. I'm over at twitter.com slash vmcampos. You can find me on YouTube, youtube.com slash vmcamposjr. Don't forget to put the jr because someone else in Brazil took vmcampos before me. I'm also on Patreon, patreon.com slash vmcampos. If you go to Patreon over there, you can get some cool free stuff. I consolidate all my my things there, but you can also, uh, you know, if you get a if you sign up for a dollar, you get uh, some exclusive stuff. If you go to the two dollar range, I'll I'll mail people some vintage magic cards from back in the day, and um, those are the best places to to reach me. 
Well, thank you so much for being on the episode, Jose. Yep, pleasure to be here. Had a good time. You know, talked a lot of different ways of improving or even having fun with magic. Laters. This has been VM Campos, and I'll see you in the arena. <laughs>